Hey, hey, everybody, it's Nairby from CerealGrapeJuice.com. I am Nairby on Twitter. I am Nairby on Instagram. I am also Nairby on Dates. Dates. That's where I'm Nairby. Anyway, it's time for another episode of Degrassi Buddy. It's episode 20, the 20th anniversary of Degrassi Buddy. Can you believe that? We've been going for 20 years here on Degrassi Buddy. Longest running podcast ever. Right on. And today on Degrassi Buddy, we'll be, we will be recapping Degrassi High Season 2, Episodes 4, 5, and 6. Now, I think I actually said the last episode was Episode 20. Forgive me. I'm awesome. That's what I do because I'm awesome. Anyway, let's begin. We're going to start with Season 2 of Degrassi High, Episode 4, entitled A Tangled Web, air date November 26th, 1990. We start at Wheels' house, and he's eating breakfast with his grandparents. He tells his grandmother that he's in a rush and he can't put the dishes in the sink. She asks him why he didn't do the dishes the previous night. And Wheels says that he has homework. As his grandmother calls him out and tells him he's full of crap and he just watched TV all night. As she tells Wheels that it would be nice if he helped out around the house. And Wheels tells his grandmother to stop nagging him and that she's not his mother. That's when we get the intro. And this is the official beginning of Neil Hope. Playing the Wheels character so well that I wanted to kick his freaking head in back in the day. I wanted to kick Wheels' face. I wanted to kick his face hard when he started acting this way. But it gets worse as the, as the episodes go on. Anyway, we've got the intro. After the intro, Snake is nervous about midterm report cards coming out that day. Wheels tells him to relax. Joey then shows up. And he reminds the Zit Remedy of the Gourmet Scum adding a second concert in Hamilton. Well, he didn't so much remind them. He told them that, hey man, they've added a second concert. And upon hearing this, Wheels and Snake are excited. But Snake says that his parents will not let him go to a concert in the middle of the week. Joey then suggests that Snake, uh, since he usually does well on his report cards, instead of his usual reward of his parents taking him out for dinner, he can ask them if he can go to the concert. Instead... And Snake likes the idea. They see each other off when Joey accidentally bumps into Tessa. Joey subtly apologizes and Tessa replies, That's okay, Joey. How are you? <laughs> Tessa then tells Dorothy that Joey bumped into her on purpose because he likes her. And boys act funny sometimes. Yeah, sure we do. <laughs> well, I'm sure some boys do do that kind of thing and intentionally bump into a girl that they like just so they can say something to her. Anyway, later on, Wallfish hands out report cards. Wheels opens his up and he, he, he it shows that he has a 42 average. Bloody hell. <laughs> but better than I did in my first year of high school. I'll give him that. I, I skipped a lot. Anyway, his grades were as follows. He got a 47 in English, a 38 in math, 43 in geography, a 42 in French, 54 in history, 58 in music, 59 in gym, and 35 in science. So like a typical boy high school loser, his best mark was in gym class. <sighs> but as I said, he did better than I did my first year of high school. We go to lunch where Caitlin is sitting looking angry. Maya asks Caitlin if she's going to eat as she hasn't seen Caitlin eat in days. Caitlin gets angry, angry and replies... Asking, you know, since when is, is since when is Maya her mother? 
Caitlin then quickly apologized and said that she's just been so mad lately as this is the worst time of her life. Remember, everybody. Claude, as well as uh, well, finding about, out about her dad. Caitlin says that she, that she can't stop thinking about seeing her dad with the other woman as she wonders if she should tell her brother or her mom about it. Maya then suggests Caitlin talk to her dad and Caitlin says that she can't stand to look at him as she goes back to picking at the paint on the table. Elsewhere, Arthur, with a new short haircut but still looking totally uncool, with the dress shirt and no tie. <laughs> Sorry, Arthur, you're a great actor, Stefan uh, Duncan, but uh, they, they did the Arthur character wrong, man. They could have made it. He was a great actor. I still say, shave the head, give him the buzz cut, give him like the Degrassi Letterman's jacket, make him a, uh, make him a jock but not a dickhead jock, you know? Come on, man. Anyway, Arthur catches Alex in the lunchroom in the cafeteria ogling Tessa. Alec, Al, I said Alexa, no. Alex says Tessa would never go for him because he, because everyone thinks that he's a nerd. And even he, Alex, thinks that Alex is a nerd. <laughs> well, the sports cut and shorts look, the sports coat or jacket and the shorts look, everybody knows who knows the show, knows that look that Alex always wore, does look stupid and always did. Even back then he looked dumb. Arthur tells Alex that he's not a nerd, but Alex doesn't agree with him. And he says that his fate is to worship Tessa from afar. Meanwhile, Tessa tells Dorothy that she and Joey touched hands last week when they both both reached for a pie in the caf- in the cafeteria lineup. And she adds that that incident plus what happened earlier was no coincidence. Oh, young kids, I tell you. This 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 just the smallest thing make young kids think the biggest things. It's crazy. And I remember back in the day, I mean, I was so uncool that if a girl so much as said hi to me, I, I thought that maybe she was interested in me. I was one of those kids. <laughs> anyway, elsewhere, Wheels is writing down. He's writing on a piece of paper when Joey and Snake find him and they tell him that Snake aced his report card. Joey is also excited as he got a 676 in history and he, he thanks Special Ed. Wheels congratulates them. And he shows them the letter that he was writing, and he asks Joey and Snake if what he wrote looks like an old person's signature. <laughs> what does an old person's signature look like? My writing, my handwriting, I'm talking cur- even not only cursive, but printing, is a mess. You would look at it, and you'd probably think it was a kid. <laughs> Wheels, idiot, but he's becoming an idiot, quickly. He tells Joey and Snake that he can't let his grandmother see his marks. Snake and Joey suggest that that isn't a good idea forging the letter. But Wheels insists that he won't get caught and there's no way he's going to miss the concert. Later on, Kaylin arrives home from school just in time to see her dad leaving to go play squash. Kaylin sarcastically tells her dad to have a good time as he leaves. Kaylin then goes, she then gives her report card to her mom, who tells Kaylin that she won't be home for dinner tomorrow night due to a board meeting. And upon hearing this, Kaylin doesn't like that she's going to be alone with her dad. Oh, by the way, honey, I won't be home for dinner tomorrow night. There's an important board meeting. Me and dad alone? Why are you so angry at your father? I mean, whatever it is, please. Understand that he's under a lot of pressure these days. He is. Now, he's very disappointed about not getting that promotion at work. I've been too busy to be there for him. It's not your fault. I'm not so sure. That's why I'm glad he's decided to take up squash. Give him something new to do. 
actually believe that? Squash? Why shouldn't I? Caitlin? Don't you understand? Don't you see what's going on? He's having an affair. Honey, what are you talking about? I saw him. I saw him with another woman in a restaurant, and they looked pretty friendly. I was hoping you wouldn't find out. No. So what are you going to do? I don't want to force matters. You know, we've been married for 20 years. So you have to confront him or something? Caitlin, I love him. I want to save my marriage. This is a very complicated situation. And it's mine. Just let me handle it my own way. Uh, and there are people out there who've done that kind of thing, letting their significant other off the hook for the sake of the marriage. Uh, but at least we saw a box of dips in the cupboard. Dips. A lot of product placement in uh, this episode of Degrassi Buddy, uh, the 20th anniversary, 20 years. <laughs> anyway, Wheels returns home from school as his grandmother's setting the table for dinner. She asks him if he should be getting his report card soon, his midterm. And Wheels says that they don't do those anymore. <laughs> Come on, I know she's old, Wheels, but come on. His grandmother calls him out on his big lie, but Wheels, ins but Wheels insists that it's the truth until his grandmother reveals that Radich called and he wants her to go over Wheels' report card with him. She then asks, what's she supposed to do with Wheels? Is all he does is lie? He doesn't do as she says, and he won't go see his social worker. Wheels then replies that his parents are dead, and talking to a social worker is not going to change that. Grandmother then says that she hurts too. And it was her daughter. Wheels then replies that it was two years ago. And it's over now and he's fine. So basically he used the, the dead parents excuse for his behavior. And his bad marks in school. And then literally a few seconds later blew it all off. And said that his parents are, is, that the death is in the past. And it's fine, get over it. At least that's what I gathered from it. Idiot. Anyway, he says he doesn't need help and he starts to walk off. Grandmother gets pissed with his attitude, and rightfully so. And he, she grounds Wheels for two weeks. Wheels can't believe it as his grandmother says that he can't go out with friends and no TV. And he can only have friends over to help him with his homework. The next day at school, Alex finds a note on his locker. He reads it and it's from a secret... Well, it's, it's supposedly from a secret admirer. Arthur, who's standing there with him. And the secret admirer wants to meet Alex at the front doors at 4 o'clock. Alex, Alex is excited and Arthur says that it wasn't from him, liar. Alex then wonders who it, might be, who it might be. And Arthur suggests that maybe it's from Tessa. Really, Arthur? Maybe? We then cut to Tessa arriving at her locker. And she finds a note saying this, the exact same thing. And Tessa is sure that this note is from Joey... And she gets excited. Elsewhere, Joey and Snake find Wheels and they tell him that Snake's parents are letting him go to the concert. Wheels tells them that they're lucky that they've got real parents as he's been grounded for two weeks. 
And he tells them that despite that, he's still going to the concert. And he has the idea to tell his grandmother that he's going to Snake's house for tutoring. Joey isn't sure that this is a good idea, but Wheels says he doesn't care about his grandmother. And he's tired of her yelling at him and telling him what to do. And from now on, he does what he wants. He was so smug in this scene. I wanted to kick his head in. Well done, Neil Hope. Rest in peace, brother. Well done. Great job. <laughs> Later, class is in and Alex is still wondering about the note. Behind him and Alex, or and, and whoever was with him, Maya tells Caitlin to just let her parents work things out as Caitlin is nervous about being home with her father that night alone. And she hopes that she can keep her mouth shut. Maya then suggests Caitlin go to her house for dinner. And Caitlin likes the idea. Alex, Al, Al, Alexa, it, it, yeah, it is, it is, is it Alexa? No, it's Alex. Ugh, see, I keep messing up the names because they're so similar, you know. Alex arrives at the front doors of the school to wait for his admirer. And he's nervous about what to do. And he wonders, what is he, what is he going to do if it really is Tessa? And Arthur, who is probably Alex's really admirer, <laughs> suggests that Alex just be himself and let nature take its course. Tessa then arrives at the doors, and Dorothy wishes her good luck. Alex sees her and quick sees Tessa, and quickly gives himself a shot himself a shot of breath spray. Tessa then, Tessa then starts fixing her hair in a little mirror. As Alex greets her, she greets him back. Alex then asks Tessa if she's waiting for someone, and she nods affirmatively. Alex then excitedly replies, Me too! <laughs> And Tessa replies, great. <laughs> and upon hearing this and seeing that Tessa is obviously not waiting for Alex, Alex realizes that his secret admirer is not Tessa as they both continue to stand there at the doors and wait. We cut to Wheels' house and he's attempting to sneak out before his grandparents catch him. He tells his grandmother that he's going to Snake's house to study and she asks him why Snake come, can't go to their house. Wheels says the snake's parents won't let him out on a weeknight, and they're very strict. Wheels then begs his grandmother to get that to let him go to Snake's house to study. And he says that he has a test tomorrow. His grandmother asks him if he's really going to study, and Wheels says yes. He practically begs his grandmother. His grandmother lets him go, and he tells Wheels, or Wheels tells her thanks, and he'll be home by midnight. <laughs> Grandma says he has to be home by 11. And Wheels says, well, we've got a lot to do. And Grandmother says, I don't give a rat's ass. <laughs> and Wheels says, okay. <laughs> he, she didn't say give a rat's ass. Come on, people. <laughs> Wheels then meets the zits out in front of his house in Joey's car. He says that the old biddy was nagging on him again. As they head off, as Joey tells them that he knows about a shortcut to get to the concert venue. We then cut back to the school where Tessa and Alex are still waiting. Alex asks Tessa if she's sure that the person that she's waiting for isn't there yet. And Tessa says, what does it look like, idiot? In your stupid jacket and shorts? Tessa then asks Alex, if, if, hey, did you put the note on my locker? Alex says no, and he says that he also got a note on his locker as well. She asks, Al she asks Alex what the note said. They both take out their notes and they compare and they realize that they say the exact same thing. And that somebody's been working them. Tessa's not happy. 
She starts to head home. Alex stops her and offers to walk her home. She says okay. They start walking together and discussing their report cards. Later on, the zits are in the middle of nowhere as Joey's car is broken down. They're trying to fix it, but they're having no luck. Snake then starts having a little freak out as his parents let him go to the concert in the middle of the week and suddenly this happens. Joey tells Snake to relax and says that he can fix the car. They start hearing thunder in the distance and Snake hisses more, saying that they're going to miss the concert. Now it's going to start raining or snowing or maybe even an earthquake. And Joey basically tells him to shut up. <laughs> They give it another shot to start the engine and it starts running but quickly dies again. Joey gets ticked off and he kicks the tire with his, and hurts his foot. And they wonder what they're going to do as we hear more thunder in the distance and the, the sun is starting to go down. Later on, Kaylin returns home from Maya's house and her dad asks her where she was. I cooked us a special meal and then you don't even bother to telephone? Said I forgot. I'm trying to be a good father here. It's pretty hard when I don't get any cooperation. Believe me, there's a lot of other things I could have been doing. Oh, yeah? Like what, Dad? Like going to work? Like playing squash? Or eating dinner in a fancy restaurant with a friend? What are you talking about? Do you think we're blind? Or do you think we're stupid? I know, Dad. I know you're seeing that woman. So don't you try to make me feel guilty. I have no idea what you're talking about. I can't believe you. You're such a liar. Do not talk to me like that. Wait, young lady. I want to talk to you. No, we've got nothing to talk about. Ever. Yep, there you go. And I'll just tell you something I've never understood in TV shows and movies. Why people will stop running after somebody... When that somebody enters a room and slams the door, but there's no lock on it, they're just like, oh, well. So, like, Caitlin ran to her room, shut the door, basically said, oh, you're, you make me sick. And her dad's like, oh, oh, well, I guess that's it. No, you open the door and you say, I demand uh, you accept my apology. But, you know, he was busted. His daughter busted him. Idiot. Later on, it's dark and the zits are still stranded. Joey is looking exhausted and he's doodling in the gravel with a stick. It's been almost an hour since that guy left. He said he'd call a tow truck. Oh yeah, that's what he said. Maybe he changed his mind or, or maybe everywhere was closed. He'll find one, he has to. Maybe we should start walking. No, I'm not leaving my car. Why not, it's a piece of junk. Excuse me? I said, why not, it's a piece of junk. Hey, don't talk about her like that, all right? Why not? Truth hurt? It's after 11, Joey. My grandmother's gonna kill me. Thanks a lot. Hey, this isn't my fault. You said the car was okay. Oh, give me a break. If you get in trouble, man, it's because you lied, not because my car broke down. Oh, yeah? Whose great idea was it to take a shortcut? Guys, come on. I want to know why nothing's ever your fault, Wheels. How come you're always blaming everybody else except yourself? This isn't my fault. When your grandmother yells at you, that's your fault. I don't need this. I'm walking. Fine, go ahead, see if I care. 
We can't just let him go alone. He can do what he wants. I'm staying here. I am sick of that guy. He's always lying. What is wrong with him these days? Is that a tow truck? Hey! Oh, finally! Will, come back! We're glad to see you. Bad place to get stuck. Yeah, we've been here for hours. Yeah, we look to go today. What do you think's wrong with him? We, we don't know. The engine just keeps coughing out. Uh, for real. Kick wheels in his freaking head. And I would also like to know why nothing's ever wheels' fault. <laughs> it's, it's not my fault became this idiot's catchphrase for a couple for the next few episodes, and it annoyed the crap out of me. Well done, Neil Hope. Well done. And when he and when he angrily threw his bag in the back of Joey's car, I tell you, man, in the head. Hard in the head. Until you leave a freaking footprint. Anyway, later on, Wheels returns home. Well, a car eventually shows. Well, we saw in the we saw in the clip. We heard in the clip a car shows up to pick them up. Wheels returns home and he tries to uh, quietly sneak in, but his grandmother turns on a light and catches him. She asks Wheels how the concert was, and she says that when Wheels was late, she called Snakes' house and found out everything. She says that she's too old to fight with him, and she's too tired of his lies. She calls him selfish, and Wheels. Rolls his, uh, rolls his stupid eyes and he says, okay, okay. And he gives a half-assed apology that his grandmother isn't thrilled with. Wheels says that he doesn't care what his grandmother believes and he doesn't have to... that he, he She doesn't have control over him. She replies that she doesn't have control, but this is her house and she doesn't want him living there anymore. As Wheels stands there looking like a deer in headlight and then heads to his room. Probably to kick his own head in the face, or you know what I mean. <laughs> God, ah, but it's just, a, it's just, it's just, it just goes to show you that Neil Hope was an excellent actor. He played this this douchebag wheels role perfectly. Anyway, the next morning, Alex tells Arthur that he and Tessa started talking and couldn't stop. He says that he was thinking of asking Tessa to the semi-formal, and Arthur tells Alex to go for it. Tessa and Alex, Tessa and Dorothy then arrive, and Tessa. Shouts hello to Alex, who then straightens up his dumb sports coat and shorts look and heads over to her. We then cut to Caitlin and Maya arriving, and Caitlin tells Maya that her brother let her spend the night as hit at his place. Then her mom called and said that she understood why Caitlin left, and that her brother is going to let Caitlin live with him and his wife for as long as she wants, as Caitlin says she can't go back home until everything's over. Elsewhere, Joey is at his locker and he's yawning, and he's greeted by wheels. Who apologizes to Joey. Joey accepts the... <laughs> Joey accepts. And Wheels tells Joey that his grandmother kicked him out. And he needs a place to stay. Joey says that he doesn't think his parents will let Wheels stay at his house. Wheels, with his fake woe is me face, <laughs> says that he has nowhere else to go. And that's when Joey thinks that that's the reason Wheels apologized. And Wheels says that that's not the reason. <laughs> and he asks Joey again if he can stay with him. Wheels... Sorry, Joey agrees and says that he'll talk to his mom. Wheels thanks him. I think my grandmother's just trying to teach me a lesson. 
All right. I'll talk to my mom. Thanks. I can't believe she's doing this. I mean, I didn't do anything that bad. What's her problem anyway? What? You think this is my fault? No way, man. This is her fault. Don't you think? Oh, my God. <laughs> Even back in the day when this episode aired, and as I aired, and I, as I said, I recorded these episodes on VHS, old school, baby. And I rewatched them. Wheels' friggin' face after, don't you think? <laughs> and then they freeze frame on it right there for the credits. Just, just seriously, one kick in the head for every second that his face pissed me off. <laughs> but that was the end of that episode. Oh my god, well done, Neil Hope. Well done, brother. <laughs> oh, well done indeed. That was the end of that episode. But not the end of Wheels being a douche. As we move on to episode 5 of Degrassi High Season 2, entitled Body Politics, air date December 3rd, 1990, and that was Nerby's 15th birthday. That's right, this episode aired on my 15th birthday. We start with Lucy, she's in her room, and she pops a little mini mini video cassette into her camcorder, and she starts filming a vlog for LD, so Lucy Fernandez started vlogging before vlogging was cool, because Lucy's cool. Lucy is sad that she doesn't have a date for the upcoming semi-formal. Well, come on, enjoy. I never, I never went to any formals, so cry me a river. <laughs> Not that I wouldn't have gone if, if a girl asked me. <laughs> anyway, she says that she realizes that she's mouthy, and she intimidates a lot of guys, but wonders if there's men out there that admire that. Her mother then calls her to get ready for school, and we get the intro. After the intro, a... Uh, Flowing blonde-haired douche is walking down the stairs in school with another guy. And he asks this other guy if he's going to semi-formal. And blonde-haired guy says that he just broke up with a girl and now he's single and available. We then see Lucy and the twins walking down the stairs right after them. Erica tells Lucy that she found a dress for the formal. And Lucy tells them to take tons of pictures. Lucy pretty much says that she's not going because she doesn't have a date as Erica says that she can set Lucy up with her date's friend and Lucy says no thanks. After Heather says that uh, Erica's friend's friend or Erica's date's friend is, you know, touchy-feely. Amy then appears and tells Lucy and the twins not to forget about volleyball practice. Erica says that she hopes that they do better than last year as last season they apparently didn't win a single game. (laughs) (sighs) That's when they joke about not about it's not whether you win or lose, but that you know that I play the game. When Lucy bumps into the earlier dude, the long flowing blonde haired dude, and they both drop their books, they bend down, they kneel down to pick them up, and the guy introduces himself to Lucy. He he's his name is Dale. <sighs> Dale. And he says that he's seen Lucy in the halls. Lucy says that she's seen him too. And Dale apologizes for not watching where he was going. They smile at each other and part ways. The twins tell Lucy that Dale likes her, but Lucy says that Dale is probably booked until the year 2000. Yeah, screw that guy. Later, class ends as Liz is in disbelief that Spike and Patrick broke up. Spike says that she never had any spare time, and that she and Patrick never had much to talk about anyway, but they're still friends. Liz then heads to the quad for lunch as Spike heads to the library to do some library stuff. We go to the quad where Liz is approached by Patrick. 
She tells Patrick that Spike is in the library, but Patrick says that he's not there. He doesn't. He's not looking for Spike. He was wanting to talk to Liz. And he tells Liz that his friend's band is performing that night, and they want some friends in the crowd. So Patrick invites Liz. Liz isn't sure, as Patrick says that it's just his friends. Liz asks Patrick if she can get back to him later, and he says no problem. Meanwhile, Alexa is waiting outside when she spots Michelle. She says hi to Michelle. And Michelle says hi back, very uh, awkward. Alexa then invites Michelle to hang out sometime, like old times. And Michelle says okay, and she suggests she she, she suggests uh, Tuesday evening. Alexa says that Simon invited her over for dinner that night. And Michelle asks her why she even bother asking, and she tells Alexa to go marry him or something, and walks off. Yeah, go. Why don't just go marry Simon, Alexa? Spoiler alert. Elsewhere, Dale shows up at Lucy's locker. And asks her if she's going to the semi-formal. Lucy gets excited and says yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, she asked, he asked her out. Uh, I thought he asked, no, I thought it said in my note if he asked her if she's going. You know, he asked her out, Dale, the, the douche. Dale the douche gives Lucy a flower and heads off as Lucy is beyond excited now. She then runs and catches up to Heather and Erica and tells them that Dale asked her to the dance. When suddenly they are approached by Cindy, BLT's new girl, and Cindy tells them that they need to see something and it's unfair. They go to the bulletin board and shows them a notice stating that girls' volleyball practice has been moved to early mornings in favor of the boys' basketball team who will get after-school gym time every day, all afternoon. Lucy gets angry and tells the group to follow her to Miss McKenzie to fight this. Uh, I don't know who Miss McKenzie is, it's just a name, I guess. Luke and another guy then show up with a bulletin board. They see the new practice time for boys basketball and they celebrate. Meanwhile, Spike is in the library studying Romeo or reading Romeo and Juliet, but the Cliff Notes version, you can see. Which is what uh, yeah, I, I would have done. <laughs> when Liz shows up and tells Spike that Patrick invited her to this concert. Upon hearing this, Spike is confused and asks Liz what she said. Liz said that she didn't give him an answer yet. And she just wanted to check with Spike first. Spike tells Liz that she should go if she wants to. And Liz says that, she, that she, okay, she'll go because she really loves live music. Spike, obviously not happy, tells Liz to have fun. And Liz leaves as Spike sits there in confusion. We then cut to Lucy and company leaving the teacher's room unhappy as they were told that the boys' basketball team has a better chance at making the playoffs. And thus they want support. Like the school wants support for the team. Cindy tells them that BLT told her that the boys' basketball team is getting new uniforms and new equipment when the girls can't even get their volleyball net fixed. Erica suggests going on strike, but Cindy says that nobody would notice as most of the school doesn't even know that there is a girls' volleyball team. Lucy says that the school is sexist, as Heather says that they need to do something. Lucy then stops in her tracks and smiles, and she says that she has an idea. And she tells the girls to go with to come with her. We then go to the gym where the girls are setting up the volleyball equipment. And members of the boys' basketball team arrive all ready for practice. One of them being BLT and Dumb Simon. BLT asks the girls, well, well, why are they there? And Lucy says that they're protesting. BLT says that it's not the boys' fault that they're getting new stuff and a better gym time. As Lucy says that they only got it because they're guys. Dumb Simon then chimes in and says that they can't help that. You know, one of the very few smart things that Dumb Simon has ever said in the Degrassi universe. It's true, they can't help it. What you gonna do? 
Erica then says that the girls' team should be treated equally to the boys' teams, and BLT gets frustrated and smuggishly tells them to take the volleyball net down. Lucy refuses, insisting that it's the girls' gym time, and BLT replies, Not this year, finger snap, ladies. <laughs> so he didn't say finger snap, but he snapped his finger. Ladies, <laughs> which ticks the girls off. That's when Cindy, BLT's woman, steps up and tells BLT that he's not the captain. And finger snap, the ladies want to talk to the captain. BLT says no problem, and he calls out to the captain who is revealed to be Dale the douchebag. <laughs> well, he's not a douchebag. Well, he's going to be uh, well, he's going to be revealed as a douchebag. But trust, he's a douchebag everybody. We all know who's seen this guy. And upon seeing that Dale is the douchebag captain of the basketball team, Lucy is shocked and she quickly goes and hides behind her team as as Dale tells Erica that uh or or Erica tells Dale that they're protesting the unfair treatment. Dale says that there's nothing the boys can do and suggests the girls talk to the phys ed department. The girls said that they already did that and they insist that it's sexism. Dale says that it's got nothing to do with sexism and the boys have a good chance of winning this year. Heather asks Dale how he knows the girls don't have a chance at winning and Dale laughs like a douche and he says that nobody cares about girls volleyball as Lucy continues to hide in the back. And Dale tells the basketball team to take the net down. And things get into chaos as Lucy just stands there. Poor Lucy. Uh, and she just stands there looking at the chaos. Come on, Lucy. Uh, uh, don't worry. It's coming. Later on, Lucy wearing a Clear Tech shirt, which was a sponsor of the show and even had Degrassi kids in their commercials. Clear Tech, for those who do not know or do not remember, was a acne medication cream. And I remember one commercial featured Caitlin and Maya. <laughs> Maya, don't we look great? Caitlin, we're divine. Ooh, it's single. What's this stuff called again? New Clear Tech Foam Wash. Microbubbles that rapidly kill bacteria. Ooh, bacteria. And penetrate deep to remove dirt and oil for clear, healthy-looking skin. Well, it's definitely a neat way to clean your face. Definitely. Hey, let's go cover all the guys' faces at the grass. Yeah. They'll thank us for it later. <laughs> Try new Clear Tech because clear skin starts with clean skin. Anyway, she's wearing a Clear Tech shirt. Product placement because product placement is awesome. And she's recording another vlog for LD and updating LD on what happened, what is happening now, and how she was almost seen by Dale. And she says that she has to learn to keep her mouth shut. And the dance is really important. And she just wants Dale to like her. Oh, Lucy. Another one of the many Degrassi females that I crushed on back in the day with those big eyes. Uh, kick Dale in the head too, damn it. Uh, anyway, we cut to Spike dropping Emma off at daycare. She's with Liz. Spike then asks Liz how the concert was last night. And Liz says that the music was fabulous. Spike then jealously asks if Patrick walked Liz home. Liz said that he did because he's always a gentleman. Spike then asks Liz if he kissed her goodnight. Liz says that, you know, hey, Liz now realizes that Spike is in a funk. She asks Spike what's wrong and Spike says nothing. Liz reminds Spike that she said she didn't care if Liz went out with uh, uh, Patrick. And Spike replies with the classic, you weren't supposed to believe me. <laughs> God! <laughs> 
Now, I've never had anybody ever, ever hit me with that crap. You weren't supposed to believe me. <laughs> oh, I've only ever seen it in TV shows and movies. And Anyway, Spike tells Liz that as best friends, she's supposed to know when she's lying. <laughs> Liz says that best friends don't lie to each other. Exactly. You tell her, Liz. Spike then turns around and says that best friends don't date each other's very recent boyfriends. And she walks off as Liz tells Spike that she's acting stupid. To which I agreed with then and I agree with now. Spike. What are you doing? Elsewhere, Alexa and dumb Simon are walking to school. When Michelle quietly wa and quickly walks past them, Alexa then remembers the times when it was her, dumb Simon, BLT, and Michelle... And then Dumb Simon replies that now it's Alexa, Dumb Him, BLT, and Cindy. <laughs> Alexa says that she and Michelle were best friends and that she misses her. We go inside the school where the twins are trying to convince Lucy to talk to Bronco as he is head of the student council. But Lucy doesn't think he'll be able to do anything. Lucy then suggests that one of the twins talk to Bronco, but they say it was Lucy's idea in the first place to fight. They then see Bronco and Nancy walking in the hall together and talking. And the twins tell Lucy to go talk to him, which she does. And when she goes and says, hey Bronco, you know, can I talk to you? Bronco suddenly flashes a big giant smile. <laughs> As Nancy says, you know, I'll talk to you later to Bronco. And leaves. Lucy tells Bronco about the situation and Bronco tells her to talk to the phys ed department. And Lucy says that they already did. Bronco then asks what he's supposed to do about it. Lucy's, Lucy then butters him up, saying that he's school president, he's charming, he's persuasive and intelligent as they walk off together and talk. And this is the first, this is Bronco's first real introduction, even though he had a, he was in uh, that episode where Lucy was first making the video for LD and he performed a rap on camera. But now we're really starting to see Bronco. And it's unfortunate that it's in the last ep or the last se season of Degrassi High, but we do see him in Schools Out. Uh, I liked Bronco, man. He was cool. Anyway, later on, Lucy informs the twins that they will be able to present their case at a student council meeting later that day, and that someone's going to have to do all the talking. And she implies that one of the twins should do it, but they say that Lucy should do it because she's the most passionate and outspoken, to which Lucy replies, you mean mouthy. Lucy then says... That she'd rather not do the talking, but will not tell them why as class begins. Later on, Liz is having lunch alone when Patrick appears and asks if he can join her. Liz says that she doesn't think this is a good idea, and Patrick asks her what the deal is. Liz says that nothing's wrong, and she doesn't think it'll work out with her and Patrick, and that uh, Spike is her best friend. Patrick thinks about it for a second, he accepts, and he leaves as Liz... Enjoys a bite of a dip. That's right. Our product placement. Dips. Clear tech. Gotta love it. No Gowan, though. I mean, Gowan was all over Degrassi Junior High. But we haven't heard him, ever heard him in a while. And then when we cut to the library, Patrick asks... Patrick shows up and he asks Spike, Spike what her... You know, what her, what her malfunction is. Spike wants to know what he's up to. As he went for Liz out of all the girls at Degrassi. And she thinks that he did it just to get back at her. Patrick denies it. They have a little argument in the, in the library. Patrick tells Spike that he doesn't like her dictating who he can and can't go out with. And he turns and he starts to leave. And then he stops. He turns back. And he says to Spike, You might be a mother, but you've got a lot of growing up to do. 
And I've always loved that line, man. You tell her, man. You tell her. Exactly. Great line. Great line, Patrick. Well done. We don't see much of him after this episode. We don't see much of him anymore. Not that I was a big fan of his, but you know that, that one line was great. You tell her. You might be a mother, but you've got a lot of growing up to do. Put her in her place. Smarten up, Spike. Bloody hell. Later on, classes end and an announcement is heard over the PA about the student council meeting. That's when we cut to the aforementioned student council meeting room where the meeting is being held and Dale tells BLT that this whole thing of this is the fault of those loudmouth twins. <laughs> Lucy and Cindy arrive and Cindy has been chosen to do the talking for the girls as she's nervous. That's when Dale sees Lucy showing up. He smiles at her and he says that they have to stop meeting like this. The meeting then starts as Dale answers the call and says that he'll, he will represent the boys' basketball team as Lucy smiles and claps for him. <laughs> Cindy then says that she's representing the girls' volleyball team. Bronco asks who's going to go first. Dale, the douchebag, says that he'll go first and shows the world why he is a douchebag. So who'd like to go first? I will. I think the boys' team deserves good practice time. Why? We did really well last year. And we stand an excellent chance of winning the city championship this year. <laughs> At least. We need new uniforms and equipment so we look good representing the school. Give me a break. It's good for the school's image. And uh, sorry, but let's face some facts. People are just more interested in guy sports. <laughs> Nobody cares about girls volleyball. <laughs> Wait a minute. Excuse me. Obviously, people are more interested in boys sports. You guys get more promotion than we do. Yeah. <laughs> And you have the complete support of the sports department. Well, we have to beg just to get a new net. And so one of the boys' team has a better chance at winning. This is high school, not the pro leagues. I thought sports was about participating and exercising and having fun. This is getting a bit... It's irresponsible for a school to uphold traditions that are out of date and prejudice. We're tired of being treated as second-class citizens in our own school. I tell you, man, seeing Lucy slowly transition to Dale fan to Dale is a dumbass was awesome. Love it. And and the big and even more even even more I loved about this scene was the big dips poster on the room wall. It was it, it Just love it. It, it, it. Seriously, I seriously want dips now. What time is it right now as I record this? It is currently 9.17 p.m., so I can't get dips. I have to wait till tomorrow. <sighs> Product placement, it works, man. I can go for some chocolate-covered dips. Anyway, so the meeting's done. Dale's not happy about being put in his place. So Luke, Lucy's now looking awkward after putting Dale the asswagging in the aforementioned place as the girls congratulate her. We then go back to Lucy's house. She's doing another vlog for LD and she says that they had a vote and the girls won. Dale then went up to her Lucy afterwards and told her that he can't go to the dance with her now because he has some family thing to do. 
And now Lucy's upset that she is once again without a date. She starts to cry. And she says that she really wanted to go to this stupid dance. Oh, Lucy. The next day, Alexa approaches Michelle again and she invites her to her house. If Michelle is still free on Tuesday, Michelle asks, what about dumb Simon? She literally said that. No, she didn't. But she asks, what about dumb Simon? And Alexa says that she and dumb Simon can go out anytime. She tells Michelle that, uh, that they haven't had a good gossip in a long time and she misses it. Michelle smiles and says she misses it too. They apologize to each other and hug. And they in unison say that it was each other's fault. Like it's not like not, not you know Michelle saying it's your fault, Alexa. No, it was Michelle saying it's my fault, and Alexa saying it's my fault as well in unison. So they're friends again, which is great. Elsewhere, Bronco is waiting for Lucy arrives. She does, and he tells her that he talked to the principal, and the principal wants the school to support the boys' basketball team this year, but he will consider changing things next year. Come on, Bronco, there is no next year. This is the final season, damn it. Lucy thanks Bronco for trying as she starts to walk away. Bronco stops her and says that she was great at the meeting and asks her if she's going to the dance. Lucy says no. Bronco asks if, if she'll go with him. Lucy wonders if he's being serious and he says yes, but he's not a very good dancer. Lucy's got a big smile on her face. She accepts his invitation. She locks arms with him. Big smile. Credits. No more Dale the Douchebag from when I remember. This was his only episode unless he appears a little background character is good. Dale the Douchebag, screw you. Alexa and Michelle are friends again. And uh, yeah, great episode. Well done. Well done, Lucy. Uh, Clear tech. Which I don't even think is a product anymore, but I know dips are and I want them. And now we go on to Degrassi High Season 2, Episode 6, entitled Crossed Wires. Air date December 10th, 1990. And this is, uh, let's just, let's just start and we'll get to it. Starts with Liz and she's sleeping and she's having a bad dream about when she was a kid. And Liz is saying no over and over in her sleep. As in her dream, a man knocks on her bedroom door and he forces himself in. Saying that little Liz, young child, Liz is, Liz is dreaming about when she was a kid. And this man says that little Liz is going to wake up her mother if she's not quiet. Little Liz runs to her bed and hides under the covers. The man sits down on the bed, removes the covers and whispers, You want this, don't you, Liz? And we get the intro. And this is one of the hardest envelope-pushing episodes of the Degrassi Universe so viewer discretion, everybody. But it was a good episode. But yeah, anyway. After the intro, BLT is walking and talking in the hall with Cindy when he bumps into Michelle. They look at each other awkwardly, and then they continue on their way. Uh, hmm. Uh, spoiler alert, unless I'm forgetting something. I don't think anything resulted as of this. I think they just did it for the sake of doing that. And then we go to Tim, and he's at his locker with Snake. And Tim is holding a couple of event tickets in his hand, and he wonders if someone will attend with him. Snake said it's one of her. He Snake says that it's one of her favorite bands, and Tim says that they've never gone out before. Snake insists that there's no reason for Tim to be nervous, as he and the girl have been friends for ages. And then jokes that Tim has had a big crush on this girl for years, 
As Snake tells Tim to go for it as he's got nothing to lose. They then enter class. And that's when Tim spots Liz talking to Spike. He walks up to Liz. And he asks, Spike, he asks Liz if she likes the Pogues. Which is of course a real musical band. I don't know if they're still together now. Liz says that she loves the Pogues. And she wishes that she was going to their upcoming concert. Tim says that well you can go to the concert. As crazy CRAZ Radio was giving away tickets. And Tim was the lucky fourth caller. And he's won the tickets. Tim asks Liz if she'd like to go to the concert. Liz gets a little awkward and she says that she can't as she's got too much homework. Tim accepts and says that he can find someone else. He walks away and Spike in the background is surprised as it's a Friday night, this concert. Tim walks over to Snake and he gives Snake the ticket instead and Snake accepts. And I remember watching this episode on the original air date and as I said, I recorded all of them back then too. And I remember being confused at the pairing of Snake and Tim in this manner, as if, as if they're that close to the point where, where Tim will have tickets to a concert for a major band, and he'll he'll ask Snake to go with him. I mean, I always remember Snake. As far as I mostly always remember Tim hanging out with Nancy. Maybe Nancy wasn't a fan of the Pogues, but Snake that just came out of left field. Why they chose Snake, I don't know. Unless I, unless I'm missing something or forgot something. But, uh, yeah, whatever. Anyway, classes begin, and Tim looks back at Liz. <sighs> Liz, is not, Liz is just looking down. Not down, down, but down and, like, you know, just not, not happy. Later on at lunch, Tessa and Alex agree to go on a date that night, and they part ways. Tessa sits with Dorothy as Alex sits with Arthur and Yick, and I loved seeing Arthur and Yick hanging out together in this episode. It was great. Uh, they tell Alex that things with Tessa, Tessa, Tessa seem to be going well, but Alex doesn't know if he's doing things right. He says that they went to the planetarium and later that night he felt that Tessa was sending him signals that she wanted him to kiss her, but he didn't do it, and he sensed that she was disappointed at, uh, afterwards. We then go to Tessa, who is explaining that night, and that it was the perfect moment and Alex didn't do anything. Dorothy says that maybe Tessa should have kissed uh, Alex, and Tessa says no, as that would have made her look easy. <coughs> School's out. <coughs> anyway, Dorothy then suggests <laughs> that on their date tonight, Tessa try being more obvious. Tessa asks Dorothy, how do you do that? And Dorothy replies that she doesn't know. And how many dates has she been on? Well, it's not like I didn't try a couple years ago when I found your profile on Plenty of Fish, just saying. Anyway, we go back to Alex... Who's <laughs> well? I told the story already on an episode of Grassy Buddy. I, I didn't know it was her at first, that it was actually her, Annabelle Waff, until after I saw the profile and said yes and sent her a message to which she didn't reply. Like months later, I just went on back on the internet and said, Let me see what the girl who played Dorothy looks like these days. And lo and behold, it was the same pictures that she was using on the profile. So, yeah. But as I said also when I explained it the first time around, it probably it's probably a good thing that she didn't reply and we didn't go out because if I found out that she was uh, Dorothy Undergrassy, I probably would have marked out and just been a friggin' nuisance asking her a bunch of Degrassi questions. <sighs> so anyway, we go back to Alex, who says that he wants to kiss Tessa and he thinks she wants him to, but he might be wrong. He asks Yick and Arthur how you tell if a girl wants you to kiss her, and Arthur replies, You're asking us? <laughs> Which surprises Yick, 
who says that he's been on dates. And Arthur asks Yik if he kissed Melanie, and Yik says that he almost did. Well, at least we got Melanie's name mentioned. <sighs> why did they have to? Why did? Why did they have to break up? Snake and Melanie. No. Ah. But I know. I think Kit Hood, one of the creators of Degrassi, is no is no longer with us. Rest in peace. Uh, well, why did? Has anyone ever asked why they didn't continue Snake and Melanie? <sighs> Come on. Anyway, elsewhere, Spike is still confused as to why Liz turned down the tickets to the concert. She tells Liz that Tim is a really nice guy. She's known him since uh, since an early grade. Grade 6, I think she said. Liz says that uh, she's not in, into dating. And Spike asks her how she knows when she never goes out on them. By the way, the previous episode of Degrassi High never happened. Just saying. <laughs> Spike tells Liz not to be... That to just be normal and that it's not a real date it's just a concert and she says she wanted to go see the pose a million times Liz says that Tim's probably given the tickets away by now and Spike says that maybe he hasn't and encourages Liz to go ask Tim which Liz does Liz goes to Tim who's sitting by a tree with Snake and another kid and she asks Tim if he still has the ticket Tim looking looks awkwardly at Snake Snake says that Tim still does still have the ticket. Liz says that she'll go to the concert with Tim, but just as friends. Tim happily accepts and gets to his feet, which makes Liz back up uncomfortably. Liz then, Liz then leaves as Snake gives, ticket, gives the ticket back to Tim, who is pleased as punch. We go to the cafeteria and it's still lunchtime. Dwayne is eating by himself as Tabby and Nick in the background... They walk past Wheels, who is sitting there studying, and they lightly slap him around a bit. And... <sighs> Echo, stop. Did I say anything that rhymes with that, for crying out loud? Let me see. In the cafeteria, still lunchtime, Dwayne is eating by himself as Tabby and Nick walk by Wheels, who is studying in the background, and they slap him around a little bit and laugh. Nothing there rhymes with... That ECHO, so I don't know why ECHO turned on. Sorry about that, everybody. Started playing a Beatles song. Come on. Anyway, uh, Nick and Tabby see Joey leaving the food line, and Nick grabs some fries off of Joey's tray. They then sit with Dwayne and Tabby with her box of dips, totally facing the camera, product placement, and because Tabby's awesome, remember, she also, before carrying her walking around with dips, was walking around with a jar of peanut butter. She asks Dwayne if she wants to hang out this weekend. Dwayne says that he's busy. Tabby asks Dwayne what's been what's been wrong with him. When Nick spots Joey having trouble at a pop machine. Yeah, pop machine. <laughs> and he jokes that it would be unfortunate if that tray dropped. And Tabby jokes that it would. It would be incredibly messy. Nick then gets up and he starts walking toward Joey. When Dwayne quickly stands up and he tells Nick to leave Joey alone. And Joey sees that he almost got jumped by Nick and he walks off. Tabby then asks Dwayne why he's suddenly being nice to that little cockroach. And Nick wonders if Joey's blackmailing Dwayne. Dwayne doesn't answer and he just leaves. And, and when I said that I love this storyline between Dwayne and Joey back in the day and I still do to this day. I meant it man because I remember as I said I would tape all the Degrassi's on VHS back then. And I rewound... And watched that scene over and over 
because it was awesome seeing Dwayne stick up for Joey. I'm telling you, it was the wrestling fan in me liking seeing the bad guy and the good guy becoming friends. And it also let the audience know that they haven't forgot about the little angle. So I, I love it, man. Loved it then, love it now. Later that night, Alexa's walking Alex Alexa Alex is walking Tessa home from their movie date, and they're talking about the movie. They get to Tessa's front door, and Alex is actually not wearing the uh, sports coat and shorts this time. He's wearing a shirt and tie and jeans, not looking like such a dumbass. <laughs> anyway, they get to Tessa's front door, and Tessa says, Well, here we are. And Alex replies, Home again, home again, jiggity jig, whatever that means. <laughs> but instead of saying goodnight and heading in, Tessa grabs some popcorn from Alex and walks over to their porch. Alex joins her and they remark that they had a fun evening. Tessa looks at Alex with anticipation. Alex looks and acts awkward. Alex then looks over yonder as Tessa is still looking at him. Alex looks back at Tessa and she smiles. They start to slowly move toward each other as if they're going to kiss. Until Alex flinches and says that he needs to go. He leaves the container of popcorn with Tessa who's not happy. And she heads inside. Oh, Alex. <laughs> we cut to Tim and Liz who are on their way back from the Pogues concert. Remember the last number they did? Oh, yeah. Too bad they didn't do another one. <laughs> Look at the drummer. I know. He looks hilarious. Remember those idiots two rows ahead? You don't think they were stoned, do you? Oh, no. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> I bet they don't remember anything of the show. Yeah, really. Well, I'm sorry, but I can't invite you in. My mom goes to bed early. No problem. Thank you so much for inviting me. You're welcome. I'm glad he had a good time. I had a fabulous time. You know, you're really good company. We should do this again sometime. <laughs> sure. Night. Night. No. Liz. No! You don't want to wake Get your out mom. Of my room. Liz, calm down. Liz! Sorry. Powerful, I tell you. And Liz saying under her voice, get out of my room. I felt for both of them. I, I, yeah, I just felt for both of them here. Liz because of obviously her childhood trauma. And also Tim because everybody knows he doesn't have bad intentions. This is Tim for crying out loud. Anyway, later that night, Liz is having another dream about her childhood as she's repeatedly saying no. As she tosses and turns. In the dream, the man tells the young... Liz that she doesn't want her mom to be angry and young Liz cowers in fear on her bed the man sits on the bed and tells young Liz that he just wants to kiss her and that she can't tell anybody <sighs> and that it's their little secret he tells Liz that it's their little secret and he slowly moves in to kiss little Liz when real current Liz wakes up <sighs> oh Liz the next day on their way to school, Tessa tells Dorothy that she gave Alex every opportunity and he didn't kiss her. Dorothy suggests that maybe Alex is a slow starter, but Tessa insists that Alex does not like her as he's watching from inside. 
Dorothy then says that she that she thought Tessa liked Alex. Uh, Alex, as Tessa says that you know Alex, that she, that it's just not working out. And Tessa says that she just wishes that Alex would kiss her. They enter the school doors, and Alex says hi to Tessa. She tells him that she's in a rush and quickly keeps walking as Alex ta- calls out to her. Uh, poor Alex, but he's back to wearing his sports coat and shorts, so. I can't pity the guy. <laughs> Elsewhere, Snake is wondering if Tim accidentally touched Liz somewhere that she didn't want to be touched, and Tim said no. Liz then arrives, and Tim approaches her and apologizes as Liz says that she doesn't want to talk about it. Tim says that he's sorry, and he's sorry that he that he's sorry that he upset Liz, and Liz again tells Tim that she doesn't want to talk about it, and she walks off. Tim turns to Snake, who is shocked at the reaction. And Tim says that he doesn't know why Liz is acting this way and that it was just a good night kiss. We then cut to Spike who's at her locker when Liz arrives. Spike asks Liz how the concert was. Liz angrily, angrily says that it was fine and Spike is surprised by the lack of details. Liz said that she doesn't want to talk about it and Spike wonders if the Pogues were no good. Liz gets angry and again says that she doesn't want to talk about it and storms off. Later on, Tim is playing the piano in the music room when Spike arrives. Upon seeing her, he stops playing and he goes over to talk to her. He asks Spike if Liz told her anything about their date. Spike says no and that Liz is acting weird. Tim says that he doesn't know what happened. They were having fun and then he went to kiss her goodnight and she freaked. Spike wonders what kiss her goodnight means and Tim says that it was just a peck. He says that he wouldn't hurt a fly... And he doesn't know why Liz is acting the way she is. And he asks Spike to tell Liz to, that he's sorry. As the teacher enters the music class. And they begin to perform. And the class sucks ass. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> Obviously, comedy. Adding a little comedy to this serious episode. Later on, Liz is in the library studying when Spike shows up. She tells Liz that Tim is really sorry and asks Liz what happened. Liz angrily says that it doesn't matter. Spike says that Tim is upset that Liz won't let him apologize and Liz angrily thinks that Spike is on Tim's side with Spike denies. She says that I'm on your side, Liz. Side. Side. Spike says it was all just a little peck and that it's okay to kiss a guy goodnight to which Liz replies, yeah, well, it's easy to see why you got pregnant. Oh, man. Spike is shocked and asks what kind of cheap shot that was. Spike wants to know what's going on with Liz, but Liz will not tell her. Spike says that she can, that maybe she can help, but Liz says that she can't tell her. And Spike says, well, okay, and leaves if, that, if that's the way Liz wants it. Later on, Alex is walking in the hall with Trish, the Mohawk girl, when Tessa grabs him and says that they need to talk. She takes Alex into the empty music room. Pretty sure it was the music room. And she tells him that it's obvious that Alex doesn't like her, which Alex denies. Tessa asks Alex what he did. No, sorry, Alex asks Tessa what he did. And Tessa replies, nothing, and that's the point. Alex insists that they had fun the other night. And Tessa asks, well, why didn't you kiss her? Me. Her, not me, me. Her, her. Alex says that he didn't know if she wanted him to, to which Tessa sarcastically replies that maybe he needed to give him a fax. 
She tells Alex that things aren't working out and they should just end it now before things get too messy. Tessa opens the door and she's, she opens the classroom door to leave when Alex quickly closes it. He takes off his glasses and he plants one on her, big time. He then smiles, tells Tessa that he'll see her in class, and he leaves as Tessa stands there in shock and awe, and then suddenly smiles glowingly. And this was another scene that I watched over and over back in the day because, yes, Tessa was another Degrassi female that I crushed on back in the day. And I marked this as a victory to all losers like myself. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Several scenes from this episode I watched over and over. There's another one coming up. Uh, coming up right now after, actually. After school, Joey is in the school parking lot trying to fix his car. And we see two unnamed students, one of which is walking with a bike. And he's wearing this green thing around his neck as if it's, it's like a, he's got a big green pen attached to it. And uh, they laugh at Joey and his crappy car. And the dude who's walking with the bike and has got the green thing around his neck. I actually went to junior high with him. He was one grade above me. I was in, He was in grade 8 and I was grade, in grade 7 at John McRae. His name is Richard Berger. I mean, we never ever talked. I mean, we were in different grades. But I remember hearing of him and hearing that he wanted to be an actor. So he got a really small part on Degrassi. So well done, Richard Berger. I went to school with someone who was on Degrassi. So, who wants my autograph? Anyway, Dwayne then shows up and he sees that Joey's having car trouble. And this is another, as I said, this is another scene that I watched over and over and over back in the day. Because it was just fucking awesome. Where are your little friends? Rats desert the sinking ship. What's the problem? I don't know. It won't start. I can't afford to take it to the garage anymore. You know about cars? My dad fixes up old cars. Just be careful you don't mess it up more, all right? So how's it going? Great. I love being HIV positive. Sometimes I dream I don't have it. I'm normal again. Everything's great. When I wake up, I've still got it. I want to kill myself. Don't say that. Why not? It's going to happen anyway. You're the only person who knows told you by mistake. I haven't even told my parents yet. You gotta tell them. <sighs> no way. My dad would kill me. You wouldn't have to do it yourself. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. I say these stupid things sometimes. No. That's okay. <laughs> I like it. It's kind of funny. Okay, right now. Do it myself. All right, that's great. <laughs> Thanks a lot. 
listen, uh, you want a lift? Sure. Hop in. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And that's all I'm going to say. Just awesome. And these two hang, still hang out to this to this day. Just check it out on Joey slash Pat Mastriani's Instagram. They were hanging out and having a beer together during the uh, during the COVID times. And we then cut to Spike's house as she's playing with Emma, who's playing in a, in a little blow-up pool. And Spike is also hanging at laundry outside. Liz, Liz arrives. She stops. She then smiles and she joins them. And again, discretion is advised. You know, you're right. Best friends should tell each other everything. I want to tell you why we moved here. When I was nine, my mom had this boyfriend. They were going to get married. Mom worked evenings, and when we were alone, he started to look at me funny. At first, he made me sit on his lap. And then he made me touch, touch it. Yeah. And other stuff. Oh, my God. He said if I told anybody, they wouldn't believe me. And Mom would be angry. He said I made him do it. My fault. You were just a little kid. Mom found out finally. She wasn't mad. That's why we moved here. Whenever a guy gets too close. Most times I can forget. Sometimes I have these dreams. I can see him. I can see him coming into my room. I can feel him. He's on top of me. so much. I can't move. I feel so dirty. I gotta talk to someone who can help. I feel so dirty. And this was a powerful scene. And what made it even more powerful was having little Emma there and hearing her in the background. So... That was very well thought out and well planned. Just, just, just get, give it that extra, just, man. Ugh. And also, two longtime best friend characters. Well, why did they have to end this series after this season? Why? Just, ah, on such a roll. Damn, as I said, previous episode of Degrassi Buddy, 20th anniversary. Degrassi High Season 2 is my all-time favorite Degrassi season in Degrassi Universe, man. I love this season. Damn. Anyway, returning back to school... Students are arriving. 
Arthur and Yick see Alex and Tessa arriving, hold, holding hands. Alex kisses Tessa on the cheek and confirms to Arthur and Yick that they are now officially going together. Yick. They're going together now, Yick. Just saying. <laughs> anyway, we then cut to music class <laughs> where Tim is playing piano again. Liz arrives and apologizes for the way she acted after the concert. Tim apologizes for getting Liz upset and Liz says that he has nothing to be sorry for. Tim then asks Liz if he did anything wrong and Liz says, uh, or what he did, and Liz said that he didn't do anything wrong. And that Liz says that she's just shy about relationships right now. Uh, by the way, the previous episode of Degrassi did not happen. Tim then asks Liz if they can be friends again. Liz smiles and says yes. And we get the credits. A great, great, powerful, envelope-pushing episode of Degrassi High. As I said, this episode, many scenes from it. I just, when I recorded on VHS back in the day, I just watched them over and over and over. Especially the Joey Dwayne car scene. Just seeing them just become more and more acquaintances was uh, was just uh, Hogan Andre. It was just great. Hogan Andre getting back together. Oh, anyway, that was Degrassi Buddy, episode 20, the 20th anniversary, 20 great years of Degrassi Buddy, courtesy of CerealAndGrapeJuice.com. I am Nairby on Instagram, I am Nairby on Twitter, I am also Nairby during all-nighters. Speaking of which, stay tuned for the next episode of Degrassi Buddy, episode 21, which, by the way, I forgot to mention this, you can find episodes of Degrassi Buddy on not only SoundCloud, not only CerealAndGrapeJuice.com, but also on iTunes. Uh, Spotify and Stitcher and the next episode of Degrassi Buddy we will be recapping episodes 7, 8, and 9 of Degrassi High Season 2. They are entitled The All-Nighter, Home Sweet Home, and Extracurricular Activities. So join me then. Tell your friends, your family, your foes, everybody about Degrassi Buddy as we are coming to an end pretty soon. But as I mentioned, also after Degrassi Buddy, we will be doing Bayside Buddy as I have the entire series of Saved by the Bell on DVD as well. And I'm a big fan of that show as well. So we will be doing those Bayside Buddy. Be ready for that. Thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, join me then next time. Have a lovely day. Uh, Have a lovely day.